started this morning, and uh, actually the goal is to finish the um, to finish the uh, chapter this morning. So Romans chapter number three. We're going to start back up in verse. Actually, we're going to look at the end of the chapter here, verse twenty-seven through the end, and uh, we'll start reading in verse twenty-six. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Wherein is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. Now, what Paul's doing here as we bring this chapter to an end, again, we're still in the courtroom. We're still in the uh, use of legal terms and, and legal uh, uh, jargon and so forth. And what Paul's going to do now is he's going to continue the argument on the behalf of God uh, that God is legally just in justifying the sinner. And uh, Paul's going to demonstrate that the justice of God that was against the sinner, chapters 1 and 2, the first part of 3, that condemned the sinner, is now able to justify the sinner, is able to now to declare that sinner righteous. And uh, that's what verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just. That, that, that issue of being just, God, you know, God can't arbitrarily overlook sin. He can't ignore sin. He can't show favoritism to, wow, the room. <laughs> he can't show favoritism to one side of the room and not to the other. All you guys over here are a bunch of sinners. <laughs> okay? This is the smart side? Yeah. The, uh, there's, yeah. <laughs> okay? So, so God can't say this side's good and that side's bad. He can't just arbitrarily make those decisions. Why? Because he's a just God. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. He, he has a standard of that perfect righteousness that will not allow him to say he's not a respecter of persons, we've already seen. He, he, his, his standard doesn't, come, doesn't say, well, you can just pick and choose. He says, no, we're going to deal with everyone, every man, every person in humanity equally. They're all guilty. They're all sinners. But verse 26 also says, and justifier of him which believe in Jesus. Therefore, because, of his, because he is just, and because we can't do anything to help get to heaven, he's the only one who can provide that way, provide the answer, provide the propiti propitiation. He has given up, he's made us righteous. And it's in that issue at the end of verse 26 now, which believeth in Jesus. And now what Paul is going to do is he's going to invoke a procedure, a principle in the courtroom 
uh, really a, a principle of the court of concerning that issue at the end of verse 27, the law of faith. But he's, but he's, he's doing this because he's demonstrating that God is what? Just and the justifier. Verse 27, wherein, where, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Boasting um, is excluded. You know, it's, it's like God told them up there in verse 19, just shut up. Be quiet. There's no, you have, we can't, we don't have anything to say in this situation. I said it the other day or last week, we are not partners with God in our salvation. We're not, okay? It's, it's his activity and it's his, our faith in his activity, but who, the propitiation works between Christ and the Son and the Father. What we're to have really is to have a heart of thanksgiving because it's a good thing that he's the just and the justifier. <laughs> And it's and not left to our devices. So boasting legally in the courtroom, boasting is what? Excluded. Now, then he says, how? By works? No, that would create the boast, wouldn't it? But by the law of faith. The law of faith, again, is now in, being introduced here. Paul is going to introduce an operating principle of the court in dealing with and in answering the issue here of how God can come and work and do and perform and, and yet at the same time not violate who he is, his righteousness, his holiness, his standard, he's rather working within it. Verse 28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yea, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then void the law of, through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. See how now all of a sudden this is issue about faith comes up. Because Paul, now the issue is going to be the law of faith. And actually it's going to bleed down into chapter 4. Uh, actually, the whole of chapter 4 about this issue about the law of faith. The, the, can, can, by the way, verse 31, can the law be voided? Yes, a law can be voided. The Supreme Court does it all the time. They come in and they rearrange and rewrite stuff and go through the, through the proceedings. You know, they, they've done it with uh, the Affordable Care Act. You know, they said it's not a... It's a tax. It's not a this. It's that. It's this. It's that. They've done it with the marriage acts. They've they they did it with uh, you know over and over again. So a law can be voided. It can be altered, but it's not going to be here. Well, verse thirty-one. A little ahead of myself. What what did Paul say? God forbid. What do we do? We establish the law. <laughs> See. So Paul here, by the way, established the law. That's a legal term. That offering of the propitiatorial act of Christ and then faith in that act is the only answer. And really it is what the law was pushing them to. Come over to chapter 10 of Romans. Uh, this thing here about Israel 
uh, we're, we're, uh, Romans 10, you know, in the law and the boasting and everything, uh, Romans 10, if you look at verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. The, where was the law, does, what was the law trying to do with Israel? Push them to who? To Christ, to Messiah. He's the end of it. And it's his righteousness. And that's where we got to get to. You guys got to understand that you don't have it and you got to get over there. So the legal language here, come back up to chapter 3. Now Paul is, again, he's prosecuting the case. Man is guilty. God's provided the plea deal, the, the offering, the remedy, the propitiation. So God is legitimate. He, it's legally okay for him to justify the sinner. Because, how? By the law of faith. And that's the issue. Not our actions, not anything on our... If our activity was required, it would violate the law of faith. How do you know that? Verse 27, what did he say? Wherein is boasting then? It is what? Excluded. In chapter 4, and by the way, chapter 4, we're going to see two exhibits now. You know, in a courtroom they have exhibit A and exhibit B. We're going to see that when we move into chapter 4. We're going to see exhibit A, Abraham, and exhibit B, David. And, and you're going to see this issue about, hey, you know what? It has nothing to do with your activity. The evidence is going to show, the evidence will prove that God operates on the basis of faith. And faith is the only response that legally meets and satisfies the justice demand, the just demands of the court. Only faith. And that's really what we're getting at with the law of faith. Okay? Verse 27, the boasting. Where is boasting then? It's what? It's excluded. If you come over to chapter 4, just real quick here. Well, actually, let's run back up to chapter 2. Or back up in, yeah, chapter 2. Look at the boasting. Because we've seen this before. Then we'll go to chapter 4. <laughs> the boasting. So we're going to spend the rest of the morning talking about the law of faith as we look at it through these verses. And then we'll get over there in what is called the nagging prepositions, the by and the through. Because everybody has a cow when it comes to the by and the through. And, and honestly, it, it's, it's rather simple. It really is. It, it's fascinating to me when people have cows about stuff, and you, I go look at it and I go, that's really simple. <laughs> well, they made something very simple, very complex, for no apparent reason other than to get their way. Anyway, verse, the boasting, 2.17. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and rustest in the law, and makest thy, what? Boast of God. See, we've already seen this with the Jews. What do the Jews say? The, this claim of immunity. Where we have the law. The law was given to us. The problem is, is they're not obeying it. Then he says we have the boast of God. You know what they're saying? They, they come along and they say, you see what? God gave us the law because he knew that we and only we could keep it and do it. The Lord looks at them in the Gospels and says, you guys think you're something, but he can reach over and make 
those stones turn into the sons of Abraham. He didn't do this because you guys were something special. See, But what do they say? They make their boast, don't they? Watch their boast. And knowest his will and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide to the blind and a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that saith a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? You know, remember the, the lady taken in, uh, in adultery back in the Gospels? And see the law, and Jesus is standing there, and they're ready to throw stones at her, they're ready to kill her, execute her. And the Lord steps in and says, hang on a minute, your law says there has to be two. Where's the man? You guys are condemning the woman, but you've got to deal with the guy too. Where is he? And then they, and if, you know, any of you here without sin, lay your stone, cast the stones, blah, 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 okay, all that. The problem, is, the thing about all that is what did Christ do to the law in the Gospels? He says, if you think it now in your heart, you've, you've broken the law. Moses said, don't do the physical thing. Now it's a spiritual, it's a heart issue, see. And that's what Paul's reminding them of. You guys are boasting here. You guys are making out like no one else could keep the law but you guys. We teach the law. Look, you know, James over there in Acts, he, he looks at Paul and says, look at how zealous and how many Jews here are zealous of the law. And rather, what were they really doing? They were drop breaking it. <laughs> they were dropping the ball. So when Paul starts in, in verse 27, wherein is boasting then? It is excluded. So the first component about the law of faith is that by default, it excludes boasting. We don't have a leg to stand on. We don't have anything to bring to the table at all. Remember Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should what? Boast. See, if you boast, you violate the law of faith. Come over to Romans 4. Look at the exhibit here quickly. You see, this is the way that God fixed it in justification is that it excludes the sinner completely. We are absolutely helpless. That's why people hate the cross. Because they want to do something. And the cross says, no, you don't do anything. It's been done for you. You know, Paul talks about the offense of the cross. That cross, his cross is offensive to people. Because what do people do? Ah, oh, let me do it, let me do it, let me do it. I can do something. Give me something to do. And the cross says, no. It's done. Exhibit A, Abraham here, 4.1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaineth to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory boast, brag, but not before who? Before, can't do it before the throne, can't do it before the judge, 
Why? Because the law of faith has done what? It's excluded all that. He, Abraham learned that he could do nothing. He learned, verse 3, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Look across the page to verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. So you got of faith and by grace. You've got the two operating principles here that are designed to work together. They don't work separately. They are going to work together now. Of faith. To the end, of the, pro uh, to the, end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that which is also of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Therefore, it is of what? Faith. Faith uh, has been defined as the unmeritorious response to the goodness and work of Almighty God. I like this, a little simpler one, so I don't have to read it. <laughs> but I will read it. It's, faith is a positive response to the Word of God, to what God says. And the fact that oh, He is right. Everything He says is right. So really, faith is a positive response to the Word of God to you. Come over to chapter 11. Chapter 11 of Romans. 11. Of faith and by grace... There over in chapter 3, we're justified freely by His grace. Chapter 11, verse 6, verse you ought to have written out somewhere, memorized, tattooed to your forehead, or actually on a mirror so you can see it, I guess, or the, the uh, where do you go, uh, the re refrigerator. I couldn't think of, the, the thing you get food out of, the refrigerator, <laughs> okay, and if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is what? You add one work to the equation, which is what we try to do. Let us help. Come on, preacher, give me something to do for it. No, man, you add one thing to it. It's what? It's no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So, the law of faith, come back to chapter 3. Well, you know what, you're in, you're in 11. Go to chapter 5. So the law of faith not only excludes boasting, but it also allows the application of the grace principle to be used as well. And the grace principle is all that he has done for you on behalf of the sinner who can do nothing at all. Okay. So the law of faith is going to exclude boasting, and it's going to allow the grace principle to come in and work as well. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope 
of the glory of God. Faith and grace, two compatible operating systems when it comes to our justification, they're going to work together as well, by the way, the rest of your life, <laughs> too. Grace and faith, they come together. Come back to chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Works has no place in justification of a sinner, bottom line. You know? What's the decision of the court? No works. Do we have a dissenting view? No. We're all in agreement. No works. It's been excluded. Verse 28. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. No, it doesn't say no law. Notice that. It says no what? Deeds of the law. See, the law, Romans 7, when we get over in Romans 7, the law is righteous. God was teaching Adam the law. He was teaching Noah the law. He was teaching Abraham the law. He was teaching all, all those in the Old Testament the law. Long before Moses came, Galatians over there it says that the law was added for what? Transgression. Remember the verse. But the thing is, is the law has always been there. When, the trans, when it was time with Moses to identify the transgression, he says, now what we're going to do is take that law, that, that perfect law, and we're going to, add a, we're going to put on a, on a condition on it of an if and a then. Exodus 19. But the deeds of the law, that's the focus here. He says, guess what? No, none. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Paul, again here, breaking up man into those two groups of the Jews and the Gentiles. He's coming along and he says, hey, one side we got the Jews and the other side we have the Gentiles. Is he, the, is he the God of, this would be the past, right? To declare, I say, the remissions of sins of the past. And here's to declare, I say, at this time, right? We've got the Jews. We're going to have, by faith, we're going to have, Through faith, we've got uncircumcision. We've got circumcision, right? My chalk holder's fault breaking. That's okay. We're going to have an issue here of the law. We're going to have an issue here of God. We're going to have an issue over here, not to the law, but to the cross. We're going to have an issue again of going to, to God. Again, Paul is dividing up man. By the way, today there's what? No difference. Everybody sits over here. But he's breaking out this issue because of the law. See? But he's moving everybody to, the, to grace, 
to the cross. So you have this breaking up here again to prove and to demonstrate the issue that the thing that God has always accepted and will continue to accept and will only accept is the issue of faith. So when you come into verse 30 and you have those nagging prepositions of by and through, there's some things about it that we got to look at. And, and again, I, I looked at this and I'm like, man, we could drag through the mud all this stuff and we could go down and run a bunch of verses. But really, it's very simple. And it's really very straightforward, if you will. When you look at this issue in verse 30, notice seeing it as one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith, and the uncircumcision through faith. Do you see a common denominator? I've circled them on the board for you. Faith. The common denominator is the issue of faith. See? That's the common denominator. That's the issue, is the issue of faith. Then he says, by faith and through faith. And everybody, oh, what's going on? Well, let me ask you something. If I said, I heat my house by or through gas, how do I heat my house? By gas, right? If I said, I'm going to, the check, I'm going to send you a check by or through the mail? Through, see? You guys are good. Wow. We're going to be done early this morning, okay? For Checks in the mail, baby. That's right. Exactly. See, you can begin to look at this by understanding what the by and the through are talking about. By. The word, that, that is focusing on the mechanics, the means, the instrument, the agency. Okay, gas is the means of heating my house. If you look at the issue about through, through focuses on the process, the system as a whole, all right? And the best way I know of illustrating this is the mail. I'm going to send you a mail, I'm going to send you a check through the mail, but I can also say I'm going to send you a check by the mail. I can say both. When I say by... What am I going to do? I'm going to put it in the envelope, and I'm going to go over there, and then the mail is going to be the mechanism that I send it to you. Okay, that's the mechanism. But if I say through the mail, what am I going to do? I'm going to take the check, I'm going to put it in a stamp, and then the postal system tells me what I need to do. What do I need to do? i got to put a stamp on it. So I'm going to lick the stamp, put the stamp on it. Then I'm going to go over to my local office and drop it into the box. Then what do they do with it? They pull it out, and then they have their systems that they run it through, don't they? Check the address, check this, scan it, you know, all this stuff, you know, you understand that. Then it goes to your local office by zip code, and then what happens there? They, they lose it. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Well, what do they do with it, though? Then they process it according to the standard. See, through is the system. Then it goes out, gets to the carrier. Carrier puts it on his truck, gets in the truck, runs down the street, runs into the, the pole, and, and it's a day delayed, right? No, they have their, that's the issue of through. So Paul, in making a, a point here, and this issue of the distinctions between Israel in the past, and then back here in the past, it was by faith. The, the, the issue of the means and the mechanism was this issue of the law. They were doing and working. Today, it's, the issue is through faith. The system now is about the cross. This they have activity. They have that word deeds in there, don't they? And what have we just learned that the law of faith says? No to the deeds. So you've got two, you've got two different things here. Now, again, the law of faith, all the works are excluded now. So you've got God all, you know, talk about faith. We talk about the object of your faith. God is always the object of our faith. That's why he's up here. Okay? The content of our faith, that's what I said last time to you at the end, the basis of salvation in every age is the blood of Christ. That's what verse 26 is, the end of verse 25 is telling us. The issue of forbearance and the Lord, the Father knowing Calvary's coming. So he's able to forbear. Why doesn't he rain wrath and judgment out the moment of the moment that Cain killed Abel? Why didn't he just wipe Cain out? Because he knew Calvary was coming. The means of salvation the, is always faith. Even, for, even back here, the, if the law told Israel three times a year they're to go down to Jerusalem, celebrate the feast, Passover, Pentecost, and uh, tabernacles. By faith, what did they do? They went and did. See, You and I today, we're told no works, no activities, there's no festivals to go to. So through faith, what do we do? We don't do. That's what, that's what we do. We don't do. So you have the content. The object of faith is always God. But here we're, Paul is talking about the content of our faith. That's what, and and that's, the, that's where everybody gets the stick wrong. He's not, he, he's not talking about how they're saved. Because he's already done that. He's talking about the content of their faith. So the law of faith excludes boasting. The law of faith allows the grace principle to come in and work along with the faith principle. But then the law principle also says there's a content issue here that you have to pay attention to. And the content of our faith, the thing where we place our faith, depends on where we are in God's word. And that's why studying the Bible rightly divided, dispensationally, is so critical. God told 
Noah, what God told Noah is different than what God told me. What God told Abraham is different than what God told me. What God told Moses is different than what God told me. What God told John the Baptist and the 12 apostles and Peter, James, and John, all those guys is different than what he's told me through Paul. Okay? So then the content becomes the issue. And the struggle with this is the, the issue in this, again, is content. When Israel, come on, come over with me to Romans 9. Romans 9. Faith is always going to be the issue with God. And how faith responds to what God says, the by and the through, is what faith is going to believe. Faith is now, is the issue. And that's what Paul's trying to prove, is prove, not trying, is proving in the courtroom. How can God come along and justify, be just in justifying the sinner? Because what has he done? His requirement is faith and faith alone. His requirement does not include the activities of someone who is helpless and can't do. His, his, his requirement is faith in what the propitiatorial sacrifice has done for you. The, the blood of the innocent one has been shed. Romans 9, if you look there at verse 30, what shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness hath attained to righteousness, even the righteousness, now watch, which is of faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore? Okay, so you got the Gentiles now getting righteousness. In, in Romans 9, 10, and 11, talking about Israel, past, present, and future, talking about things that are going on here with Israel dispensationally. And he says, look, now you look at this and the Gentiles are getting it. Israel had it. They didn't get it. The question then is why? Why is there such an odd thing here? Verse 32, because they sought it not, now look at that, by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone. Notice Israel does not approach the law, how? By faith. They approach it by what? By works. They think they're getting in by doing the deeds when that was never the issue. The issue, remember back there in Exodus 19, God goes up on the mountain and he says, put a hedge around this mountain. Don't you step on this mountain. I'm going to nail you. I'm going to get you. And they say, Any, whatever he says, We'll do it. So he gave them the rules. Chapter 20, top 10. Here's the 10 categories. And you know what they did? They struggled with even doing the top 10. They couldn't even do that. They couldn't get past the first couple because they go following idols and put somebody else's name in front of God. See? 
Why? Because they didn't tr believe the message of Moses to them. Moses says, I put before you death and life. Choose life. I love that verse. And I say, why? Because, so what did they choose? They chose death because they wanted to help. Now, does the law require deeds and works? Yes, it does. But what comes before that? Faith. You'll hear people say the Old Testament was faith plus works. And that is a bad saying, personally, my personal opinion. So you'll hear people say it's faith that works. Well, our faith works too. Ephesians 2.10, we're created unto his workmanship, created unto good works. So that even that's kind of a, eh, you know. What's the issue? Faith. We're going to do it this way. By. Here's now the system through. This is the mechanism and the means. You know what law would, the law was doing? The law was generating in them and moving them. We have no, none of that. Again, faith is always the issue. By the, by the way, he says, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. And we know now, they didn't understand that back in Isaiah 8, but we understand it now. That's, that is the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where they stumbled. He came and he said, I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets. I've come to be for you. And you know what they didn't do? They didn't believe him at all. They rejected him completely. Come over to Galatians. Galatians chapter 2. And we get over and study the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is full of this stuff about with the law. Galatians 2, if you look at verse 16, Galatians 2, 16. Look at verse 15. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles... What an arrogant statement. Now, Paul's making the statement to Peter, but the arrogancy of the Jew is what? We're not sinners. We're not, we're not someone who is unworthy or ungodly. We're his. So what does Paul, he smacks him up. <laughs> Got a little Denozo snap here. Verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, but for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You see that you got our faith in there, you've got the faith of Christ in there. How's man justified? By faith. Not by the deeds of the law, but by faith. Come, o come over to chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 8. For the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, notice, through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, And thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. 
notice verse 8 very carefully. The scripture foreseeing. The scriptures equal with God, the living word and the written word. Preached before the gospel unto Abraham. Now, what is the gospel that he preached unto Abraham? Well, just keep reading. Saying, here it is, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. You see that issue over about faith and faith? So when you come back here to Romans 3, there's a dispensational position being put up here that Paul is, is making. He, he's putting in. But he's talking about the law of faith. Faith is the, the Jews back here in the past, the circumcision, they worked on a by faith. They had a mechanism. That a means, the law. Today, you and I, it's been changed. Many, now it's all. And today it's what? Through faith. And the mechanism today is, is that system of not, you have no, you have, you're excluded, your works are excluded. God has done everything. Here, did we look in the, back there, I think we did, where he, he's not satisfied with Israel's sacrifices, and then he was satisfied with the sacrifice of his son, Isaiah 53. We looked at those. That's what you see. They were doing this stuff. It never satisfied him. He was waiting to get to where? To there. Okay? Now, verse 31. Maybe that helps you. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it cluds the water for you. But by the mechanisms, the mean through the system. The channel, if you will. Verse 31. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. And again, that issue of establishing the law. The legal terms. Now, come over to chapter 8. And we'll get over here to chapter 8. And we begin to see how... We are establishing the law. Chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law, and, 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 and when you read that word law, you think, I'm, usually we think about Moses, Ten Commandments. But Paul isn't talking, when he says the law of faith, he's talking about the law there as uh, something that's going to govern rule over you, has, a, has, a, has the power to control you, okay? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What, what a, that's a wonderful verse. What has set me free from sin and death? Life in Christ Jesus, because there's a rule about, there's an ordinance about that, there's an operating principle that's designed to govern and to rule in my life for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. And again, that's a reach back to chapter 3 where we're at. Now watch verse 4. Why did he do all that? That, the intent, the reason. The righteousness of the law 
might be fulfilled. Notice that next word carefully. Where is it fulfilled? In us, not by us. Most people say by us. No, it's fulfilled where? In us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And, and I know the Bible critics, they say, oh, that's a mistake at the end of that verse because it was a copyist error because the verse 1 ends that way, so verse 4, and they got all their little excuses. But not when you understand that the, right, the whole design of your justification and then the identity, our sanctification given to you is so that the righteousness of the law is fulfilled where? In you. See that? You and I, when we walk as who we are in Christ, when we take in who we are in Christ, and we go live our life as who we are, complete, justified, who we are, ambassadors, the whole gamut, you know what we do? We are putting on display the righteousness of the law. See that? So we don't exclude the law. We're not voiding the law. Rather, we're doing what? establishing the law because when people when we go do what we're supposed to be doing <laughs> in all the details of our lives that's why he's going to say here that the law is fulfilled in in one word love thy neighbor as you love yourself where where does that come from that's a paraphrase okay where does that come from where does loving the dude next door to you come from it doesn't come from you liking the guy I don't like my neighbors across the street right now. I don't either. See, where does that come from? It comes from an understanding of where you were, your justification. It comes from an understanding of who, you, who God made you in Christ. See, now you do what? Now you say, you know what? I, look at what I got. They need it too. That's why he's going to say over there in chapter 12, if your enemies, you know, throw water on him, give him something to drink, and the Lord will deal with him. Why? Because what he's not really your enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness and high place. He's not the, the issue is his soul. That's the issue, not him and what he's doing. See, all this comes out of where we're at in chapter 3, that foundational issue about the law of faith. And the fact that we fulfill, we're gonna, we, don't, we don't void the law through faith. We establish the law through faith. Because now what do we do? We take all this that we are. 8-4, eight, eight, when I caught on to what was going on there, it was like, ding! Because now it's in me. Now, I got another guy in me, the old sin nature, that tends to like to sit on the throne from time to time. But that, old, that new man shows up, and the next thing you know, that's why I said last week, you read through Paul's epistles a thousand times, it'll change the way you think about things. It really will. It'll cause you to do, change completely how you think down through things because the Word of God, it's powerful, it's quick, it works. It's a discerner. It's a teacher. Comes along and works in you. And you know what Paul says? Courtroom setting, you know what? God's just. But he's also the justifier. 
and, and the principle, when you come back to Romans 3, the principle that's going to work in that and establish that is the law of faith. Because now it's not by faith, now it's through faith. Now it's not by them working and doing the deeds of the law and trying to keep a, a short system and a regiment. Uh, we've been remodeling the bathroom at the house. We've run into a couple snags with the company. They've had some issues, and, and uh, we sat with uh, the owner the other night to kind of get on the same page and get things moving again. And uh, she had a punch list of what we need to do and when it's going to be done and so forth. And the thing, that's what Paul's doing. Hey, here, tick, ticking them off. Why? Because we're not doing, we're not violating the right. That's what he's going to tell us in Romans 7. Is the righteousness of, is, is the law righteous? Yeah. Who's the problem? I am. We are. Sin is. So when you come down, we end, we'll get into the exhibits in chapter 4 next time. <laughs> okay. But when you come down through this, that's what he's doing. He's establishing the legal groundwork for what he's going to begin to, to present to the court in chapters 6, 7, and 8. And again, thinking of Romans as a legal document in the courtroom, he's just, pronounced, he's just hammered out man to be guilty. The judge provides the remedy. Paul, the prosecutor, says, yeah, he's right in doing it that way. And then, oh, by the way, guess what else he's going to do for man six seven give him his identity so you got this procedure going and then the, somebody say well yeah but what about israel he goes oh glad you ask and then he talks about israel and then he says but that's them they got to be saved like you and i do today and here's our destiny chapter 12 through 16 but it comes from this issue about the law of faith being that foundational issue now okay so when you come through here, don't let the nagging prepositions bother you. Buy, the mechanism, the means. How do I heat my house? Buy the gas. Buy gas, well, or buy electricity. <laughs> my, in my case, it's gas, okay? How do, I, how do I go send you the check? I send it through the mail. I let the, the mail system go. And I'm not, God is not violating anything here by doing it this way now. And by the way, you'll notice that Paul loses that by faith term. He doesn't use it as much as he uses the through faith term for, as he moves forward through all of his epistles, by the way. He'll say it every now and then, but not in connection with our justification. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. That's our walk. So the subject matter, the content now is shifted because we're not talking about justification. Now we're talking about our walk. So we're going to shift that way, okay? All right. Dearly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that we have in your son. I thank you for the folks that come to, to, to study and to learn and to fellowship with each other. In your name we pray, amen. All right. Yes, sir.